Hi everyone, and welcome to Plan K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this week we're starting a new K-drama. Yay! We started Descendants of the Sun, and I'm not sure why we waited so long to watch this show. It's so good. Just kidding. I actually, okay, so here's a thing that I think I should just lead with. Like, we should just get it out of the way, first part of this first episode. Uh, military dramas, like like soldier dramas where people are dying for their country make me so emotional. Oh, for good reason. Yeah, I don't do super well with them. And so you can at least expect that I will be crying any time a soldier even gets hurt in this K-drama. If there's any soldier funerals, yes, I'm sobbing. And I may even tear up in the podcast if we talk about it. So now that we've got that disclaimer out of the way. (laughs) That's why we haven't watched it. Yep. I knew it would I knew it would be hard, but I also knew it would be good, and it is so so good. It's so so good. I just thought I would generally be uninterested in it. And they proved me wrong. They got me good. I'm in it. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm like I'm gonna join the freaking Korean army now. Cause that pride all that pride bundled up. All that pride, oh my god, and like, as soon as they start talking about, like, their pride, and they're like, like, their soldier buddies together, I'm immediately so invested, like, you are fighting the good fight, you're doing the good things. I'm so used to seeing, like, American patriotism, and it's so nice to see how universal that feels like when I see these Koreans being super proud to serve their country I'm like oh yes we love our we love our soldiers too like yeah and our soldiers are good soldiers are just yeah and it's nice that uh, both of our countries are on the good side <laughs> we're monsters so <laughs> convenient yeah. they're on the same side it is funny that, uh, so sometimes they br- do bring in soldiers from other countries. Oh my god, I was just gonna <laughs> say that. That American soldier acting the most American. So American. What a dick. So aggressively American. Yep. Why you gotta be like this, America? Why you gotta do us like this? Why you gotta represent us? To the point that in K-dramas... We are the asshole soldier. (laughs) (laughs) Who starts a fight. Who starts a fight. Over a freaking training drill. I did like how they ended up framing that, where it turns out to be like a test. Do you have my back? Will you be able to fight fiercely enough in any situation that we get in together on the same side? It felt a little better after that. How is this show... So well, I don't know, written? How is it? Everything connects really well in this show, and it's really beautiful and honorable, and I love it so far. It's so good. I think that they've done a really good job of establishing 
these characters with these really, really pure motivations and philosophies while still being flawed characters, while still having their stuff they're dealing with. These first few episodes, something I actually noticed that I really like, kind of in the same idea as that, is they've established a really awesome romance without sacrificing um, other storylines in any way. I don't know. It's weird to put it that way because I I don't think that that's consistent. Like, I don't think K-dramas either have to have a good romance or have to have a good background storyline. But it's I guess it's the way they've set up these characters that love each other but can't necessarily be together right now for very good reasons. There's never any point where I feel like the drama in the background that affects their relationship is unjustified, but I can also see that it is, like, I can understand the attraction, if that makes sense. Like, I can see why they want to be together. Yeah, and it's, I feel like they've done that without sacrificing the characters either, where they're not, like, it's two attractive people that are attracted to each other, and that's why they want to be together. Yeah. Because I think that would kind of cheapen it. Right. I mean, I don't blame them. I'm sure for a 10 in this world, it's hard to find another 10. <laughs> I'll never know that struggle, but they found each other, and they're probably like, you're just as attractive as me. That's a freaking miracle. <laughs> Look at our angel faces together. But they've done that, as well as being like, they seem to be characters that kind of see each other for who they truly are, which is good people. Yeah. And then, like, I want to be with a good person, and you seem like that. What I do feel like is a consistent K-drama, I guess, sort of a trope, is to have an unavailable, an emotionally unavailable man, and a being pursued by a woman, and even if it's a reciprocated attraction... Typically, the flirting is overly mean. At least the translation of the flirting can be overly mean sometimes. I don't know if it's a little softer in Korean or if it's more acceptable to do some really harsh teasing when you're flirting with someone, but it can set up kind of a destructive relationship. Whereas with this, I think they've done the sweet teases between the two characters at just the right amount. Like, I never feel offended on behalf of the other character, like, whatever character is being teased. I'm never like, how dare you call her old? Because they, they pull it back just in time. Or they're like, just kidding. Yeah. You're not old and ugly. Yeah. It's a very comfortable romance, and I really appreciate that. They're both very honest with their feelings. Yeah, they're very straightforward, and they communicate really well, actually. The way yeah. the two leads communicate, even when they're having issues, even when they're having a disagreement, they communicate in a really healthy way, where they say, I'm going to disabuse you of any like untrue notions you may have. This is where I'm at. And... Then the other is like, all right, well, this is where I'm at. And I don't know. They just do a really, really good job of, of 
communicating their their own thoughts and feelings with the other, which I can super appreciate. It's that is something you almost never see in K dramas, as we've yeah. said before. The, a good foundation to every K drama is terrible communication skills. And this one's like, forget that we're in a freaking war zone. We can't handle any more drama than your life being on the line constantly. Yeah. Like, we haven't enough. Like, I realized that they were pretty good at communicating, but it wasn't until you said it that it kind of clicked that that's why I feel so comfortable with this K-drama already. It doesn't feel like the typical roller coaster of emotions that... I feel when watching a K-drama, it feels like, almost like I could never watch this K-drama again, and I'd be like, I know that everything's going to be okay by the end of episode four. I feel pretty good about it. Like, I'm going to keep watching. Yeah. And, like, if you wanted to, we could skip to, like, 13 through 16 and just finish it and not watch all the drama in the middle. I mean, I'm always down for that. do enjoy just skipping to the end so that we can just feel good. And it's my favorite good. thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch the middle part where everything's always sad and awful. Yeah, I do feel like the middle is going to break bad, especially in a war drama. I'm very afraid of what direction uh, things will go. Like, deeply afraid. Typically in K-dramas, there's varying levels of danger at all time where I'm like, not sure who's going to make it out and who's not. But the very essence of war dramas is... Who's going to make it out? Yeah. Like, not everyone survives war. And, like, will the male lead survive? Will his best friend, who I love a lot? We do need to get into character, like, specific character stuff soon because we need to discuss him. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty deeply afraid, and I'm, I'm afraid of how, like, who I will become in, in the wake of whatever harm comes to these good, good soldiers. Oh, uh, with that, let's jump in. Let's, let's get into this K-drama. Yes. Um, I live-tweeted the first episode. I forgot to so. live-tweet the first episode. <laughs> I'm so sad. Raquel's jokes are so much funnier than mine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what that series of noises was. <laughs> but, like, did I laugh at my own jokes? For sure. Did I laugh at Emily's harder? For sure. Same. That's where I'm at. So I'm like, oh, man. I miss Raquel's jokes. <laughs> but if you need a rundown on my feelings of the first episode, they're on Twitter. At PlayOnK. Nothing... Super interesting, except that we can, I guess we can start with her if we want. She's not, like, a main character, but Yoon Myung-ju. I said she was my enemy, and by episode <laughs> four I had to retract it, because I just freaking hated her in episode one. Just right off the bat. Right off the bat, you're supposed to hate her. Everyone hates her. Everyone that you like and trust. Yeah, they pretty much quickly established that she's... I don't know, kind of the angry slighted party in what ended up being an uh, unsuccessful relationship, but she seems pretty petty over it in the first episode, and it's hard to get a gauge on 
I guess, what's going on or why she's hurt or why she's willing to be so hurtful. Yeah, I guess that's the thing is during the first episode, she has short interactions with Moyon, who is like, she's still my boyfriend. And you're like, okay, like, I see why you hate her. But then she interacts with Sergeant So, who is like one of the cutest, most gentlemanly characters that we've met thus far. And she freaking tears him a new one. Yep. She just seems to abuse her power to yeah. be like, you're not nice to me, so I'm going to make you miserable. <laughs> Which sucks. It's not, I don't know. It's not an appealing look on anyone to abuse one's power. Even yeah. when you can tell she's mostly just hurt. Like, she's asking why they can't be together or something. I can't even remember. I wasn't super focused on that so much as just the fact that, like, she was... She's being mean. Yeah. But they really, they spell it out. They give you all these flashbacks and all these kind of um, Sergeant So's side of the story by episode four. And God, that is sad. Yeah. Just heartbreaking. So it seems like her dad really wants her to marry Shijin. And so he, like, sent her to go on a date with them. And Sergeant So was going to a wedding, and she's like, I'm going to go with you in exchange for you telling your friend that we're dating. <laughs> and then everyone found out they were dating, so these rumors started flying, and every time they'd get together to kind of talk about their fake relationship, it was very date-like. And so eventually they started just kind of dating. Just real dating. Just real dating until Papa Bear stepped in and was like, if you want to keep your job, you're going to break up with my daughter. And he is a, so devoted to his position and to his comrades in the military. And so he, of course, does so, puts his own feelings aside. Which Myungji says at one point when she's having a conversation with her dad, she's like, that's why I keep pursuing him. Because he decided to give me up over his job. He is a good soldier and a good man. And I love that about him. And I won't stop trying to get him back. You're like, oh, girl. Oh, you know where your feelings are at. I like that. Fighting for it. Also, like, I don't know how... I, I guess I'm not sure how influential parent opinion in like, modern-day Korean relationships is, it feels so, um, like, arranged marriage-ish right That's now. That's what I was thinking. It's dark. Yeah, where I'm, like, in America, like, that, it honestly, like, I cannot envision any situation where a parent could push their child to do something the way that father is pushing his daughter to date someone who's not interested in dating her. I just can't envision that being successful. And I couldn't really envision it being particularly... Well, I guess I can because there's like a lot more respect for elders in a lot of different like East Asian communities. So mm. I guess that makes sense on the on the level of like, I respect you as my... Like, elder, I, like, you're older than me, you're more wise, and you're my father, so of course I respect your opinion. 
But at the same time, the way he's pushing it, like, the heavy-handedness feels... Um... Abusive? Yeah, abusive. And not necessarily realistic in... Yeah, I guess that's the thing, is I feel like in... If it was on American TV, you would just say, I don't get why this is part of the show, because it feels unrealistic. Where, like, it probably happens in real life in America. These, And it probably happens in real life in Korea. Like, these kind of twisted, horrible situations. Yeah. Where a father decides something so huge for his daughter. But you're just like, it seems so unrealistic. It I does. can't imagine it. And you don't have to. It's probably real life somewhere. Yeah, there are cultures where arranged marriage is totally a thing. Like, there are many. I mean, it still happens in America. Yeah. But usually it's more of a, like, a religious thing, not a military thing. Yeah, it feels weird to be, like, this high-ranking military officer is, like, playing chess with three also high-ranking military people and just, like, sending them to different places as he sees fit. Yeah. It's very... It's, like, political relationships. It feels like feudal times when we marry off our daughters to princes from other lands to form good, strong political connections. And I guess maybe that happens in many militaries and i have no clue it's just very strange it's very 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 weird to watch and sad because now i like myeongju congrats k-drama you've made me like my worst enemy she's all i had (laughs) now we can't hate anyone except uh the american bad guy that we know almost (laughs) nothing about Besides the fact that he's, I guess he could be Canadian. I shouldn't immediately, like, no, he can't because Canadian. um, I called him the bad, bad. So everyone knows who we're talking about. If I say the bad, bad. The bad, bad. like, he's the worst. Yeah. Um, They got an actor with, like, a bad, bad face, which is not to say he's a bad looking person. He just looks like. He's super fine. Yeah. He just looks like such a villain. Yeah, he does look like such a villain. Like one of those super fun villains. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you, sir. I liked him. I like that there's like this setup that he's the bad bad and then this brief flash that he was a good guy for a hot minute. Yeah. Best friends with she didn't, so you're like, that's gonna come up later. Yeah, I feel like that is some good, good foreshadowing. I do want to know how this plays out. I am very excited. Yeah, this is gonna be good. Myungju and the bad bad. Let's do Young. Okay, I always call him Sergeant So. Sergeant So is also good. <laughs> I don't, when you said Young, I have the character like the cast member list up otherwise i would have no idea who you were talking about because i'm like <laughs> sergeant so that's his name he's the he's the uh best friend for those of you who don't have the cast list up in <laughs> <laughs> best friend of shijin shijin's got the best name because it's pretty easy yeah it is and it's like uh, a good name shijin it is a good name Name my son that. <laughs> Shijin. 
Won't be weird. <laughs> Sergeant So, uh, aka So Day Young. He's good. He's a good man. He is very good. He's a good best friend. He's a good, a good person. Boy. He's a good I soldier. Love him. And that's it. All right. Yeah. On to Moya. <laughs> Just kidding. He has some stuff going on. Yeah. He, uh, so the opening scene to this K drama had me immediately because it's a fight scene and it's a well choreographed fight scene. And if you've been paying attention, following the clues, National Treasure, up to this point, you know that I am a sucker for well-choreographed fight scenes. <laughs> and they've done a very good job. And they, uh, they quickly establish him as, like, the second-in-command, has Shijin's back, uh, but also... Kind of early on, I did that thing where I'm always very attached to secondary characters, and I'm like, I love this guy more. Not necessarily. I actually think Shijin is an outstanding character, and I like him a lot. So for once, I'm like, I like the secondary characters equally to the primary characters instead of being like, why can't this just be about the secondary characters? Yeah, I feel like this drama will kind of bounce back and forth between the two main couples, and I'm good with it. Yeah, to the point where it actually feel it does feel like they're both primary characters. Yeah. So I guess I shouldn't call him a secondary character, because he really isn't, but he isn't, like, the, the male lead. He's not on the poster, yo. Yeah. <laughs> we know who's the lead. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, like, they, they establish such a good character from the get-go. He had, like, a troubled past where he was in gangs, and it makes him very soft-hearted for the thief that they chase down at the very beginning. And that he adopts? Yeah! his birth child? His little brother, who is his, and he takes with him to war. How did they get on the Alpha team so quickly? I don't know! That was very difficult to believe! <laughs> I guess I... I was under the impression that it's all Alpha Team members out yeah. in the middle of nowhere, but maybe yeah. they're like, we'll send like a handful of privates as well. Yeah. It's hard to say. I have no clue because it feels like he's on the Alpha Team for no reason. <laughs> After like six months of being in the military. Yeah. Or like two minutes. I have no clue how, <laughs> like, if he went with the first team or if he came later. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> who knows, who knows. Like, discharged from the hospital and Sergeant So is like, you're coming with me. <laughs> We're going straight to the top. No one's going to question it if I just say you're my little brother. This is fine. <laughs> That's so odd, but I love it so much. I love their relationship and that he adopted him. And Kim Ki-bum is going to be a good, good character that I fall in love with. Yep. I'm very concerned for him, for the young boy in the war. I'm like, no, you're so young. I know you <laughs> needed this to get out of a bad situation with gangs, but also, like, stay safe. Yeah, but he seems so much happier and safer for some reason in the middle of a war zone than he was in the middle of Seoul. That's so sad. That makes me so sad about gangs and kids and... 
Oh man, let's not get into it on our, on our podcast. <laughs> Raquel said, I feel like I just think of myself as she did in a fight where I'm like, gangs can't even touch me. <laughs> I'm not strong. I need to learn to fight, yo. I am also not strong. I also would like to learn. But at least you're aware of it. At least you're like, I don't want to get up against a gang because I'm not strong. (laughs) I would definitely die quickly. Quickly and quietly. Why am I like this? (laughs) Um, Okay. Sergeant So, what else does he do? He has like a real sad love story with Myungju. He gives her a sad, sad hug at the airport. Yeah, I did get really mad at. Myungju, uh, mm-hmm. when she went to Urk, the fictional country that they've they've placed this war in, which was like a really good idea to like develop a new conflict, so we didn't all have to be sad about a current conflict that we're watching. Is it is Uruk a made up country? Mm-hmm. I didn't look it up. I just know at the end of the first episode he says Afghanistan. And I was like, well, that's real. Man, I hope it's not a real country and I'm a dumb-dumb. I just read in the description on Vicky and it says it's a made-up country. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Very good. Mm -hmm. And so um, they're all there and then she gets herself deployed there. And because of that, her dad pulls uh, Day Young home. And I'm like, you're breaking up the band, Yoko. Come on. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) I thought it was a really clever plan. I don't know. I was on Myungju's team. I thought it was so... Because you don't know much about her at that point. And she's like, I'm in love with this person. And I'm finally high enough ranking that I can make a decision. And I'm going to go where he's going. And you can't stop me for the first time in my freaking life. And he's like, all right, I can't stop you. And then he's like, but I can pull him. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you sly dog. I was so mad because it takes him away from Kibom and it keeps him away from Shijin. Like, it takes him away from his bros. And. His best bro and his baby bro. I can't. Like, I love friendships. I love them so much. And I don't want to see. These two torn apart. Who, what's going to happen to these two without Dayong watching their backs? Because he's like the second in command. He's a good soldier. He's a good warrior. And he needs to be there. They need to have the three dragons there so no one gets hurt. <laughs> uh, I didn't think of that. I was just too excited about Myungju and Mo Yun's relationship growing into a good, good friendship. Because yeah. I want... More friendships. They're I guess, she, like, the three dragons are already established. They're good, good friends. But right now, Mo Yun and Myungju are enemies a little bit. Yeah, they're not close, that's for sure. And I'm ready for them to get over it. Yeah. Embrace their true friendship. That's gonna feel good. That's gonna feel right. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if it happens. I hope so. I hate when they withhold friendships from me. <laughs> Especially because we've already established the lead relationship as like it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be bumpy. They've got 
kind of a huge divide between them, but I think they're going to be okay. So we got to have some more drama. we got to have a new relationship to focus on, and I'm okay if that's a best friendship. Yeah, a developing best friendship. And, like, I do foresee some bumpy trails for the main romance as well. Like, they're in a war zone. I feel like things are going to get harder before they get better, which is why we always want to skip to the last four episodes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Episode 13, this week only. We skip right to the end. Or when you get to America next week, we can just binge watch them all really fast like we should it'll be like taking a shot like the flavor <laughs> is a little unpleasant if you try and just like drink it slowly but if you just shoot it then you're fine <laughs> man we should also get drunk and watch this k-drama and then record just all day oh well prepare yourselves for that dear listeners because there's gonna be at least one episode where it's just a hot, drunken mess. <laughs> it's gonna be the last one. And it'll be right after we just cried our eyes out. Because you know the end of this K-drama is gonna make us cry. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. It's already... I'm gonna cry. Yeah, it's already written in stone. It's been carved into the stone. We're gonna be crying at the last episode of this K-drama. This is gonna be good. I'm sure this will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we just get to the end. No, we'll watch it. We'll binge watch it. We'll have drinking in moderation. We'll have a good, good time. And it'll be the best day. Yes. If anyone stops us before then and is like, Descendants of the Sun is an award-winning, beautiful show that you should not watch drunk. You should honestly just sit down and watch it and enjoy it. We'll take you seriously. Yeah. We'll take your advice and we'll do it, but... Until then, we might just do it. Yeah, it might just help us. It might just help Raquel, <laughs> or it will make Raquel cry a lot. Oh no. Why? I'm referring to myself in third person. I'm already <laughs> thinking about the tears. Can you imagine? Can you even Can you imagine, imagine if this is someone's first episode of this podcast, and they're like, I thought I figured out the difference between their voices. I don't know how similar our voices sound. I don't either. But what if they're like... Wait, I thought that one was Raquel. Yeah. Is Raquel talking about herself? Is she... Raquel only refers to herself in third person. <laughs> to make the podcast oh. very confusing. Gross. <laughs> She's like a queen. Who else? Let's do the main characters for some cleanup, and maybe we'll get through some scenes after this. Okay. Who knows? All right, so do you want to do female lead? Female lead first? Yeah, I okay. feel like we might kind of bounce back and forth. Yeah. Because they're so intertwined. So yeah, Mo Young, who I love, she's the female lead that I've been not necessarily waiting for. We've had some good female leads, but like... I'm good. I'm always looking forward to like a strong, well developed, like principled female lead, and they've done it here, folks. I love her. She's great. I might call her Mo because I love the name Mo. Mo is a good name, and it's one of her three names. So Mo is so strong and so principled, and I love her. Yeah, she's 
an incredible doctor, and I love that they established that early on. Like, being a good doctor is not her problem. And she knows she's a good doctor. Like, she has a lot of confidence in her own skills, but not in, like, a grossly overconfident way. Yeah, not in, like, a... She's gonna get some freaking negligence cases pulled up against her. Some malpractice going on, because she's just... Out of control. Shooting from the three-point line only. <laughs> yeah, like, she just knows what she's doing. She knows... She knows what her she own knows skill her capabilities. level is. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. And I like that she is confident enough to be sort of not mean. How do you pronounce the word brusque? It's, it's B-R-U-S-Q-U-E. Yeah, I've never heard it pronounced. Yeah. Brusque. I think We're it's brusque. Oh, brusque. boy. Our listeners <laughs> are in for quite the auditory experience if it's not brusque. Oh. Yes. We're going to stick with it. We're going to go with one pronunciation. Okay. She seems brusque, and I like that. Because she's not mean, but she's like, I'm a doctor, and you all are making a freaking mess of my hospital right now. Yeah, and she's very assertive. Like, she's not afraid to tell people what is right and wrong, and what she thinks is important, and she, like... The whole thing that we were talking about with their relationship where the communication is really, really good. Her communication at work is also really, really good, I think. Like, she knows what she's doing and she tells people when they don't. But not, not necessarily to be rude, but honestly just to say, like, either, like, you're a good doctor or you have no idea what you're doing or, like, you did good work, like. She both compliments and uh, tears down at the same time, but only because it's like she calls it like she sees it. Yeah, I love it. She's got a good eye. So when she calls it like she sees it, she's usually right. Yeah. I mean, I guess she doesn't like Shijin right off the bat. But for real, that scene is so well played out because it seems so real that this kid comes in and he's beat up and then someone called Big Boss keeps calling him and she's like, get them out of my hospital. Like, why are they even here? And even when he explains it, she doesn't really, like, I don't know that I'd believe his story. It's a little far-fetched. So it's, I think it's fair that she's, she has no real proof of who he is and he actually seems to be fairly understanding of that. Obviously, he's like, this is ridiculous. I shouldn't have to prove who I am. But also, he knows why she's misunderstanding him. And yeah. he's like, okay, let's go find a way to prove whatever you need to know. And that uh, scene kind of moves into the moment I completely fell in love with her, which is when she sees the CCTV footage of him fighting off the other gang members and she's like yes yes get him do it yeah just like that while she's watching him beat people up and i've the kinship i felt with her in that moment (laughs) like i too love watching people be beat up by the good guys yes i wrote after that scene and after the 
the scene where she's in Uruk on the airport strip and the helicopter lands and then Shijin like walks out of the helicopter across the platform. I'm like, there's so many scenes where he gets to look so cool in front of her. Like he does not realize how lucky he is. Right. For being like, you are a superhero in her eyes. And I think that's so cool. Like his life has set him up well if the woman yes. that he that he wants gets to see him at his best so often. That's so good. That's yeah. so unfair. And the scene where she uh where he defends her so she can perform that surgery and he like puts himself between her and the like bodyguard's gun. Holy cow. Oh, in that My moment, yeah, in that moment, I was like, there's nothing that you can do that would be wrong ever again, Shijin. <laughs> and then he turns around and he's like, you know what? You were right. Like, you know your way around an operating room and that's sexy as hell. And I'm like, thank you for loving her, for like her, uh, for her, her skills. Yeah, her skills and like personality instead of being like, you're just beautiful and whatever about the rest of you. It's like, yeah. yeah, you're at your sexiest when you get to do what you love doing. Oh, this relationship. This relationship is good. Which is, we're in it for the good, normal relationships, yo. That's why we like friendships so much, because there's so much less drama, I yeah. think. They're usually a lot healthier in K-dramas, I would like to, I'd like to differentiate. <laughs> in K-dramas, they're a lot healthier. <laughs> Typically. Yeah. Typically. But I do love that there's that really intense scene with the operating room. And then there's a lot of scenes around the fallout. Because it was such an intense scene. But I felt like my heart wasn't really, like, pounding. I was kind of like, I I just believe. I have it in my head that he's going to be okay. It's still, like, episode three. We gotta be okay. It's like I trusted her because the writers taught me how to trust her. And, like, yeah. I was like, no, she knows what she's doing. The writers have told me she knows what she, what she's doing. So it was intense, but not, like, hard in your throat intense. So I'm glad that there were so many scenes around, like, what happens when you make a decision like this. It's not just in that moment. Does he live or does he die? Does everybody get shot and killed? Like... It's probably not going to happen. That's far too much of a consequence. But what are the consequences of these people's actions? Yeah, and like, it plays out, and everyone accepts the consequences that they have to. Like, Shi Jin has his own consequences for putting himself between those bodyguards and the doctors in order to allow the surgery to happen, because he had direct orders not to. And I like that in the end... They gave him those consequences instead of being like, oh, no, you're our best soldier. You can do whatever you want, because I'm pretty sure that is never how the military works. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it feels like it's a little bit like that for him. He can get away with a lot. I mean, it's just a pay cut. He wasn't, like, sent home. But it was interesting. It was so interesting how it played out that Moyon didn't really have any direct consequences because they're like, you're a doctor, you were doing your job, you were, you decided to save a life, and we would expect nothing less from a doctor. But that's not his job. 
Shijin is not a doctor. He's a soldier. So you see why this is a problem. And she's like, I feel like she's constantly like, I don't see why that's a problem. We're not different. We're both trying to save lives here. And I love just the the back and forth. Like, I, I really liked that they the reasoning behind their original breakup I as did well too. because fact, it was so sad like I didn't want it to happen but it was so beautifully written yeah I uh in fact it's one of the few notes that I actually took I said it's still a heartbreaking conversation with but it's about two differing but understandable philosophies like neither of them is bad or wrong neither of them is like digging their heels in to the wrong issue it's just two philosophies, like two value sets that aren't wrong. They just clash. Yeah. And I'm interested to see how they resolve that ultimately. Like they've sort of gotten there where they've kind of had them have more discussions about like where they're at with their careers and like what, what they're willing to do for those philosophies and everything. Like, they've had a couple brief conversations with them, but uh, I'm interested to see how they reconcile the two, um, like, value sets and make it a good relationship. I Without hope. sacrificing one of the characters. Right, without, like, one of the characters being like, oh, you were right all along, because I think that would be unrealistic. I hope they yeah. don't do it like that. It'd be so dumb. Yeah. They're just like, and Shijin gets shot and can't go back into the military. So he has, he kind of gives up some of his values because he's not a soldier anymore. Yeah. I'd like it to be instead that they, they can just understand that they are separate from their careers. Like they are separate from what they do and what the other is doing is still right, even if it's not the same i don't know yeah this is why we're not writers because it's so hard to get there it's hard to imagine the conversations that will happen that will lead them to understanding each other yeah i hope oh i hope so many things for this k-drama it's so good (laughs) i mean it's so well known and so well loved that i feel like they get there they do it all yeah we just have to watch all 16 episodes or skip to the end or skip to the end right now either or what else oh should we do Shijin? yeah i feel feel like like yeah i feel like we've covered a lot of what he's up to just by talking about other characters but i do want to like express what an awesome male lead he is He's amazing. Yeah. The actor is really good. And then, like, they've set up such a perfectly flawed character, if that makes sense, if that's not too oxymoronic. Um, (laughs) Like, his flaws never feel like they're too much for me to handle. Yeah. Um, I agree. I feel like, and I mentioned this before, I feel like in the past, we end up with k-dramas with occasionally more often than not for sure we end up with kind of emotionally unavailable male leads or like male leads that are unwilling to to express themselves or are more interested in like 
what they're doing over, like, the other people in their lives. Um, once again, I do want to say this is not always the case. In fact, most of our favorite K-dramas that we've done here are because, like, we've actually had a, had those experiences with these, like, more emotionally available male leads. But they do a really good job with him because I kind of was expecting it. For the first, like, half of the first episode, I was like, what kind of person are you, though? And then... Yeah, he seems so shady. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, and, like, really full of himself. But then they made the, like, self-confidence more self-confident than arrogance in the end. Like, he is just a little arrogant, but it's comical arrogance. It's almost like he uses it to, like, make fun jokes and stuff instead of genuinely believing he's above other people. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And so, yeah, I just think that they've they've developed a really, really good male lead that I'm excited to see more of, I hope. Yeah. And God, are they both so good at flirting. Yes, so good. I love all of their flirts. They're so good at, I don't know, talking? Why? Why did I have to say it like that? It just shows (laughs) that I am uh, not so good at talking. (laughs) But it's fine, yeah? I'm already married, so I'm fine. (laughs) You don't have to worry about being good at talking. I don't have to worry about the good talk, yo. I'm I'm free from that game, but they're so good at it. I love watching them. Yeah, and they're sweet with each other. Their their flirts are also sweet. Yeah, even when they're and teasing the, each other. Yeah, sweet. like you said, the teasing ones are not mean because they're both so confident. That yeah. They don't take things as mean. Yeah, I I feel like in the past they've set up at least one character that's kind of dopey or like less um less confident i don't want to keep using the word confident but i will they've set up like a less confident character which is fine like it's fun to watch dynamic characters come into their confidence but it makes the mean tease flirting a lot harder to bear when you're like they're still working on them and you're walking in being like you're a dumb ugly child <laughs> you got to you got to give a little support there yeah but these people are like yeah we're freaking, we're tense, and we know we, so, <laughs> let's go, let's go at it, put up them jukes. Yep, let's do some gentle teasing, some gentle teasing for play, nope, don't, oh, Raquel. don't like that, sorry. <laughs> it's okay, they're in the desert, they can't do anything now, nope. except make out, that freaking last scene. Ah, yes! What a good kiss scene! I was very excited by that. I'm very rarely... What a good lead-up! Yeah. I I feel like... I don't know if I'm getting used to K-dramas or what, but I'm rarely simultaneously surprised and unsurprised and, like, pleasantly um, fulfilled by a kiss, where I'm like, yes, that was good timing! Like, this feels right! Yeah. I... Side side note here, I've been watching an American, like, a, an old crime show. Not, like, old. Like, early 2000s. But it's, like, season four, and they've just started doing a lot of, like, cheek kissing, and, like, random, like, female criminals will, like, kiss the the male lead. 
who's like not exactly a cop, but you're like, I, ju- I just there's a lot of kissing going on, and it's very casual, and it's it's American TV. There's just a lot of kissing sometimes, and you're like, I don't know if it's because I've watched so many K dramas. I don't think so, because my husband doesn't watch K dramas, and he's like, there's so much kissing going on. <laughs> What's happening? Why is everybody like this? K-dramas are like, no, kissing is like a freaking proposal almost. <laughs> Let's take this a little bit more seriously. And I really appreciate it. Let's ease into it. It feels more, I don't know, at least true to my life where I like have a 10 foot personal space radius and the first person to unexpectedly try to even cheat kiss me is dead to me. So <laughs> get up out of here. Yeah. I don't know. That's where I'm at. Maybe I don't, we grew up on American TV, so I guess it's that thing where we realize that American TV is not representative of American life. Mm-mm. And it's probably the same with K-dramas. It's absolutely the same with K-dramas. <laughs> it has to be. But the <laughs> amount of people that get hit by cars in K-dramas, it cannot be representative of real life. You have people who meet chables in real life. They're just like, <laughs> you can meet one in a cafe anywhere in Seoul. <laughs> and okay, the amount of people who run into people in Seoul. Right. Like, just randomly. They're in a drama together. They're like, we're at the same cafe? How? I'm like, no, really, how? There's like 40 bajillion people in Seoul. <laughs> You cannot be in the same cafe at the same time. That's impossible. <laughs> like, statistically, so unlikely that it's practically impossible. So, get out of this K-drama with your coincidental run-ins. Your stupid meet-cutes. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm over it. K-dramas are not real, guys. We just, we broke the freaking fourth wall. Welcome to the future. Okay, so I did want to mention one scene that was... Probably my favorite. I don't know if it was going to be my favorite scene in the whole show, but it's one of my favorite cinematography tricks that they did in the whole show. And I think it was episode two. Do you know what I'm going to say? Yes, I totally do. Is it the surgery mixed with the freaking mission that they're doing? The scene transition between the two was so good. What happened? Why didn't they do that in the pilot? They would have been picked up by any network. Right? They got those skits. I was so impressed. Oh my god. I thought it was so well done, because something like that could could turn out too campy, I think. If done poorly. But they did it so well that I was like, alright, yeah, I'm feeling this. I'm very excited. I'm excited by your scene transitions, and I'm excited by how stressful these situations are. Yeah, that was just insane to me, how well done that was. So kudos, kudos to them. I I was blown away. It's going to be a good K-drama just for that. Yeah, I hope we see more of it. There was like one point, I can't even remember, but they do another like tricky scene transition at one point. I think it's just after they go on their date to the boat wreck thing. Mm. I think, I can't quite remember, but um... I just, they did, like, one transition, and I was like, that's really cool. I still think that's really cool. Yeah. They do it when they can, and when it's not cheap, like you said. Yeah. God, I loved it. That was the best scene. 
Like I said, it wasn't like, I don't know, a romantic scene. There, It was an action scene, so not too much storyline was happening, but just the way it was laid out made it my cute best scene. Yeah. What else? Oh, I wrote the cutest couple in the world. Do you know who that is? The pregnant nurse doctor. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> and her fiancé, I think. Raquel, how are we on the same wavelength all the time? <laughs> all the time. <laughs> this is amazing. Wow. They are the cutest couple in the world, though. I'm so sad that he left her. I like, know. not left, left her. He's but just like, in the desert for a year. Yeah, I'm like, you better freaking stay safe. Yeah. Chill with your Albert Schweitzer dreams. Yeah. Do you know the famous doctor? Albert Schweitzer. I don't even remember if that's his name because I had no idea who it was and I forgot to look it up, but they said it like nine times. Mm-hmm. They were like, this is all about Schweitzer. And I was like, okay. Cool, cool. No. <laughs> Are we supposed to know who that is? God, what if it's like a really famous, like, Peace Prize winning doctor that has made a difference in the world and we are monsters who just know one actor whose name is Ji Ching Luck and that's all. We've lost we've lost the game of life. We're gonna look up this doctor by the next episode of Descendants of the Sun and we're gonna tell you who it is and why he deserves our praise and recognition. It'll be like a little report that we do. Yeah. Unless he's a fictional doctor. That would also be embarrassing. (laughs) Oh, that's a new fear. That might happen. We'll be back next week with a book report on how either who Albert Schweitzer is or how embarrassed we are. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be our right off the bat. (laughs) All right. What else? Do you have any other... Do you have scenes that you want to mention? Mmm... I do want to end with one last scene, which is weird, but I kind of liked how they set it up. Um, aside from the brought to you by Subway moment, that is. <laughs> um, no, the scene where the cute doctor couple, the doctor of the cute couple um, that goes to Uruk, um, and he's sitting, he decided he didn't want to eat because the spoon had touched the food, and he's sitting outside on his phone and a little boy who is literally starving to death comes up behind him and, like, touches him, and he's freaking out because he touched his shirt. And I just thought it was, like, a really well-set-up scene where it's, like, privilege personified. Like, this guy said, I guess I'll just starve because someone had touched his food in a way he didn't like. And... Then he encounters this little boy that needs immediate medical attention, actually, because his malnutrition has gotten so bad. Wow. And I didn't even piece that all together. And it was, like, a really, really surprisingly poignant moment. And I think that it's cool because I feel like they're setting it up for him, this doctor, to kind of... It's going to be a huge learning moment, like experience for him to be in this country where people do not have privilege multiple times. They've mentioned how he's from, like, a wealthy family, 
and how he's kind of like, he was born with a silver spoon. And I'm really excited to see how his character develops as time goes by, just based on that one scene. Wow. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. I remember the little boy, because I think he might be a ghost. Like that one movie where you just like, <laughs> is a ghost the whole time? Because... I'm pretty sure there's a fence around the perimeter so people can't just, like, walk into their camp. But he's like, Spoopy-Doo, I'm here. (laughs) And he touches the guy's shirt. And then two days later, after the freaking chairman's surgery, he just walks into his hospital room that's full of guards and doctors. And he, like, touches him. And everybody's like, whoa, What? But they wait until he actually gets up and touches his face and goes, he's going to be okay. And then they're like, whoa, don't touch him. What are you doing? I'm like, you can see him? Why didn't you stop him from like walking in there and touching a patient? I don't know. Little ghost boy, I think, might be a ghost. Yeah. It's cool that he's a learning ghost, though. Yeah. Teaching moments. Teaching moments from the ghost boy. He, there's going to be a new award, and it's going to be Ghost Boy Award for the character that helps people grow the most. You know I'm all about the awards moments at the end of every show. Yeah. We, I don't think we did it for the K2. We, di- we sort of did. There was one bus stop girl award, but we never did the happy award because there, there will never be another happy. Yeah, we need another <laughs> We need another award because the happy award is always going to go to happy. If you don't know what's going on right now, you have to listen to literally every episode of our (laughs) podcast to know everything. I'm so sorry to alienate you here. Please don't leave. Please continue to listen. Kwayugi doesn't have any awards. Just so you know. Oh, wait. Was it Goblin that Happy was in? It was Goblin, right? Goblin was, yeah, was Happy. Best Up Girl is in W. Yeah, Bust Up Girl, if you need to know who that is, I'm pretty sure it's, like, the first or second podcast episode of W, and Happy is in, like, I think the second episode of Goblin. Maybe third episode. Oh, you're so much nicer than I am. Like, go watch the drama, find out who these people are, then listen to our podcast. They should. The podcast, I don't know what quality it is, as is, but if you haven't seen the shows that we talk about, the podcast has to be just, like, utter trash. Just, like, (laughs) garbage. Just, like, garbage nonsense. That's why we don't ask our friends and family to listen to our podcast. Yeah. They would never watch the dramas. They would just listen to the podcast and be like, you guys aren't really good. I don't know. I don't get what you're talking about. You say Shijin all the time, but... I don't know what that is. Yeah. I had a friend who was like, I'm definitely going to go listen to your podcast after I told him about it. And I was like, good luck. <laughs> Somebody out there likes it. <laughs> We're real good. I like it. I do too. I like doing it. Even if it's just us, we listen to our podcast. Yeah, I do. Every time I edit it, I endure the sound of my own voice every week for you, dear listeners. <laughs> I'm going to download it and listen to it on the plane ride home. All of our episodes All in order. All of our episodes? 
You can tell me where I messed up in editing, because some weeks I'm, like, really, really, really careful, and I try and make us sound, like, our best, and some weeks <laughs> I think I just leave, like, sneezes and coughs in because I'm tired, and I just want to get it posted. Sometimes we're just human, guys, and we get allergies. Sorry about that. Yeah, and, like, sometimes Raquel coughs right into her mic because she thinks she can finish the sentence before the cough sneaks up on her. <laughs> <laughs> noise if you're out there listening tell us if this podcast was well edited today okay you can tweet at us that'll be a good one to tweet at us don't leave it anywhere else it'll just be like a simple like good job on the edits so tweet at us at play on k or send us an email um we love getting emails from people it doesn't happen a lot, so when we do get an email, you know we're up in there responding. <laughs> um, like, if you if you want a response, that is. And we like to receive, like, requests and stuff for new K-dramas, or we like to hear about your opinions on the episodes, or opinions of, like, the K-dramas that are the same or differ from ours. Really anything. We'd like this to be a conversation. Just tell us some stuff. Um, that is our email, playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can comment on individual episodes, find our back catalog with all past episodes and the different dramas that we've done. We are playonk.com. Or we do have an iTunes. We are on iTunes. It's currently unrated, unsubscribe. Um, so we ask that if I always, I'm such, like, a precious little baby, and I ask for gentle, gentle ratings if you head over to <laughs> iTunes, because it would be quite the bummer if our first rating was a one-star rating. Don't do it. Don't be that guy. Yeah. First rating, five stars. Every rating after that, five stars. <laughs> Play on K. Play on K. Awesome. Um, I think that's everything. Oh, except uh, James Hevel, who's singing us out as we speak. Thanks as always, James. It's a beautiful theme song, and we love it. We, oh, I'm not going to say we love you all. That's creepy. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Have a great <laughs> day. Bye. Bye. Bye.